right, so no sooner, welcome back. Good morning, good afternoon. No sooner than we finished up that conversation with Andrew Whitworth, Shefty drops this. I wonder if Shefty was waiting for me to finish. Either way, Adam Schefter on the X, quote, a new QB in New York. Jets will start quarterback Tim Boyle versus the Dolphins on Friday per source. What's that say about the Cougar Hunter? That he was the second pick overall in the NFL draft and he can't beat out Tim Boyle? What's that say about the Jets that they made him the second pick overall in the NFL draft and he can't beat out Tim Boyle? And they've given him every chance to succeed. Every chance. Because they have no other choice. They have no other option. You know who their other option is? Tim Boyle. And they think that's a better option. Coog Hunter, nice knowing you, brah. I mean, that is brutal. Brutal. We think Tim Boyle on a short week gives us a better chance to win than the Coog Hunter. And he probably does. Maybe you didn't see Coog Hunter going to his backpedal. Maybe he was just practicing his seven-step drop and took his header. But there was nobody rushing him. It wasn't even during the game. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. This says, Jim, great interview with Andrew. Big wit is loved here in Cincy. He is an all-time Bengal great. He has transitioned easily to TV. I'm sure he could have still helped the Bengals line this year. Ian in the natty wore big wit getting yellow jacket. Now, Big Wit is one of the best guys ever. Honestly, Big Wit is an amazing player. He's an amazing human being. He won the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award, which is as good as he gets. He's a total pro. He shows up with great energy, enthusiasm. He wants to be there. I love the guy. In fact, I would say that he has transitioned... He has transitioned into that role as well as any former player that I've seen. I mean that. I'm not just saying that. He's that good. He's that comfortable. He's that anecdotal. He's that insightful. He's just that good of a dude. I love him. Anytime he says yes to come on this program, I consider that like such a big win. I'm always grateful for that. And then there's Salvador Yoga. This is what he did with it. Rome. Did Andrew Whitworth say the Broncos, quote, had their face peeled off? Where can we sign up for that? Signed Edward James Olmos, Benito Santiago, and Norv Turner. You look at them getting their face peeled off against the Dolphins. What, the explosion in the pineapple factory did not want any of that? EJO didn't want any of that. My man Benito. Hey, Salvador. 1996 called. They would like their show back. Give me back my son! Hey, Jim. I heard that Brandon Leaf Presser, or Brandon Staley, oops, ruined that one. Forget it. <laughs> spoiler alert. Sorry about that, Pete, but by the way, it wasn't that good anyway. I didn't spoil anything. At B. Blaine, 69. Oh, dear. Haven't seen a Jets quarterback take a trip like that since Broadway Joe was tripping all over Susie Colbert. 
during his interview. Hashtag, have a nice trip. I'm struggling. Oh, I, oh dear. I will allow that because I, I like Joe. Joe just had a bad night. He was struggling. Yeah. Still a legend. Thanks, Joe. Yeah. Joe still a legend. And man, if anybody knows, you got to shoot your shot. Even if you're on live TV and you've had a few. Especially if you're on live TV and you've had a few. All right, so going back to the NFL for a minute. I've got the big head, James Kelly, coming up at the top of our number three. And we'll break down tonight's game. Who you got? The number's been moving around. I don't know where it is right now. Last I checked, it was two and a half. So you've got a repeat of the Super Bowl. Who are you going to take? Meantime, I want to finish my thought on the weekend. I definitely want to talk college ball. But I'm still talking about the NFL. And you know how misery loves company? At least tiny hands. And based on the fact that he threw for 100 yards and they lost and they lost to a fifth-round draftee making his second start. I'm fine with the alarm, Alvin. Normally, I think the alarm is in very poor taste, but I'm fine with it here. Tiny hands. Tiny hands. Tiny hands. They should play that when he runs out onto the field. Anyway, at least Tiny Hands and Matt Nova Scotia and the Coog Hunter and Bob Sala can all take solace in the fact that they have Brandon Staley with them on Team Misery. Hey, look, you know this has been a Brandon Staley house. I've always had him on. I've always appreciated him, his energy, the way he shows up, his conversational skills. Except there are some things that I cannot and will not defend. And him throwing a temper tantrum after dropping a 4-6, and after dropping yet another close game. Against the three and six Packers is something that I cannot and will not defend. This is indefensible. You can stop asking that question, okay? I'm going to be calling the defenses, okay? So we're clear. So you don't have to ask that again. You guys act like we've never played good defense. That's not the truth. That's not the truth. You act like we haven't made any improvements. Today in the run game, we played outstanding. We're rushing the quarterback well. What we got to do a better job of is in the passing game. And that's where our full attention is, and it's where it will continue to be. There were a lot of other things that caused us to lose today. It certainly wasn't our defense. It was the way we played as a team. We didn't play well on, enough on the red zone on offense. We dropped too many passes. Okay? We gave up a few killer sacks. Okay? We did this as a team. Stop making it about one unit because that's not what happened out there today. Our team lost, and I am fully responsible for it, and I take full responsibility. But we lost as a team today, and that's the storyline. My man, gasoline. Gasoline. Put out a fire. I'm no fireman, but put out a fire with water or sand, but not gasoline. Horribly played, my dude. Horribly played. And you telling him, don't ask me that question again, only assure that 10 different people will ask you that question again. You just found a way to lose another close game. And the fact is, you were brought in because you were thought to be a defensive guru. Yet your defenses have been horrible since you arrived. Fact. Nothing has changed. They're not getting better. That's why everybody's asking. Stop asking that question. That's why they keep asking that question. Because nothing is changing. Yet, you're barking at the media. The defense is not getting better. 
You were brought in because you had spent one year with the Rams and you had the best defense in the NFL that year and you were thought to be a defensive guru. Yet, you're not getting better at defense and you're terrible at defense. Fact. Yet, you're barking at the media that is asking totally valid questions and you're acting as if you're presiding over the 85 Bears right now. One of the best defenses ever when, in fact, you have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And you have since you got there. That's why the question keeps coming up. That's why they keep asking the question. And my dude, it's a valid question. Stop asking that question. Furthermore, why do you have so much faith in your defense when it's not getting better? Why do you have so much faith in your defensive play calling when that's not getting better? You have the second worst defense in total yardage. You have the single worst passing defense in the league. That's why they keep asking you that question about your defense and your defensive play calling. You want to know how you get them to stop asking that question? Get the hell off the field defensively. Make a play. Otherwise, with those numbers, of course they're going to keep asking you that question. Stop asking that question. Two reasons. One, it's their job to ask that question. And two, you haven't answered it yet. Until you answer it, they're going to keep asking. And yes, you're right. There are a lot of other things wrong with the team besides just the defense. But that's also on you. I can't believe I have to say this. But it is not the media's fault that you guys are 4-6. and six. Media is far from perfect. Far from perfect. But it's not the media's fault that you're four and six. It's not the media's fault you're barely over 500 as a Chargers head coach. And we're not talking about a team that is bereft of talent. A lot of talent on that team. It's not the media's fault you have no playoff wins. It's not the media's fault you have one epic all time playoff collapse. It's not the media's fault that you lose every single one-score game that you're in. That's not on the people asking you questions after the game. So maybe don't take it out on the people asking you questions after the game. Stop asking that question. See, this is one of those things. It's part of the job. You know, I'm not complaining about it. Like, I hate to have to do that. But, dude, I have a job to do, too. You have a job, I have a job, and you're not doing your job very well, so now I have to say that, and I like you, Brandon. I've been one of the last guys to defend you, but there's no defending that. You cannot have that temper tantrum after you let another game get away, and your defense is that bad. It is. Stop taking it out on the people asking the questions. That was Jordan Love's, and the point was made, but you ever notice how your defense makes other offenses that are not that good look incredible. And it's not the first time it's happened. Not good. I mean, about five minutes ago, we were asking whether or not Jordan Love actually was the guy and how important the last 10 games of the year were for the Packers so they could evaluate Jordan Love. And then all of a sudden, you roll up, and Jordan Love is Aaron Rodgers. That was his best game of his career. He's not the only one to have a career day against your defense. It had been 31 games since the Packers had a quarterback throw for 300 yards, but they did it, Brandon, against your defense. This is not a coincidence. So as much as I like this guy, that was really cringe, 
really awkward. Awkward. And really unprofessional, frankly. Like, it's obviously getting to him. He snapped. And if it's getting to him, you know what's going on in that locker room. They know. They know. They know when there's blood in the water. They know when a coach is dead coach walking. walking. And they know, you know what they do then? If they love, 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 love the coach, they'll do whatever they can to save that coach's job. But more often than not, there's a reason why that coach is in trouble. So if he's looking, I'm not in the locker room. I could be way off base. But I wouldn't expect those guys to do everything in their power to save him. Not when they keep losing. He, because he doesn't have the answers. That's the problem. If you're playing, look at the Raiders. They clearly lost all of their love of the game and joy of the game. For somebody else I like, Josh McDaniels. They get him out of the building and bam, overnight it changed. I'm not saying that would happen with the Chargers. But I'm just saying once these guys, once a coach loses a team, it is virtually impossible to get that team back. And I got a feeling Brandon knows that he's on really, really thin ice or he would not have reacted that way. That was the wrong reaction. I'm not saying that him reacting in a different manner would have saved him or bought him more time, but that sure as hell didn't help at all. So we're clear. Yeah, we're clear, coach. We're clear that you don't have any answers and that your defense is not getting better. And it's still a big problem. That was cringe. That was awkward. But you know what? And again, you know me. I'm looking to lift people up. I will pick up my guy, Brandon Staley, by saying, even though, unfortunately, I just took him down right there, I can lift him back up now. That was cringe. That exchange was cringe and awkward. However, not as cringe or as awkward as Geriatrics act yesterday. Did you see Jerry Jones? Did you see Jera's long overdue proposal to Gemma, Jera and Gemma, remember the two of them. What a great couple they were. I love Gemma. I always thought that Jimmy Johnson. I could count on one hand the amount of coaches that I just thought were so riveting, so compelling, so interesting. Jimmy Johnson was always on my short list. I loved him, man. I loved him. I remember when I worked at the Fox lot. When I did the last word on Fox. And it's like this giant building, and you never knew who you would see coming and going. And I remember going out to wait for my car one day, and Jimmy was there. And I think Jimmy's schedule was pretty set. But I remember Jimmy looking at me. We, like, we were standing side by side, and I was kind of playing it off. And I kind of looked at him, and he kind of looked at me, and he kind of gave me like a, like a, a nod, like a, a nod of approval. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. Like two of my coolest things ever. Jimmy giving me that nod of approval, even though we had not spent a lot of time together on the Fox lot. That was cool. And then me going mono e mono with Parcells in an interview. He was on a book tour because you knew that guy was not doing interviews. And I stayed on him and stayed on him and stayed on him and stayed on him, trying to do my job to get answers. And then we went to break because he wouldn't give me anything. And he just looked at me and he smiled at me and gave me a fist bump. Like, a boy. Nice job. Way to try. I love both those guys. I love them. So I never understood why. I mean, I understood. I know why Geriatric did Jim all wrong. So we've all been waiting. Why is this guy not in the Ring of Honor? Of all people, why is Jimmy not in the Ring of Honor? And then about a year ago or more, Jerry's like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then he didn't do it. Finally, yesterday, as if knowing he's running out of time in life, 
in life, in life. Tourette's, Tourette's, Tourette's. For life. Thank you, Alvin. As if knowing that he's running out of time, he finally got around to extending Jimmy Johnson, the guy who did as much for that franchise as anybody, including you, Jarrah, finally got around to inviting him into his almighty ring of honor, which should have happened decades ago, and it was just so utterly cringy. But I will say this, it was magical the time we had together. And I want you to know something. On December the 30th of 1923, you're going in the Dallas Cowboy ring of honor. Well, it is 2023. We want to get this real clear. Okay, three weeks from now. This dude, man. This dude. We we just had such a wonderful time together. Yeah, really. Then why did it take you so long to let him in? But that aside, we we just had a wonderful time together. And I want you to know that in 1923, you are going into the Ring of Honor. Jimma, wait, wait, are you going to build a space machine and go back to 1923 and induct him then? Jera, you wish it was still 23. Then you'd be like 40, and you'd have all your glory hole days still in front of you instead glory of way behind days. you. That was just so awkward and cringy. I mean, I get senior moments, but dude... Just know this, Gemma. On what, what month was it? Was it June? Was it? In June. In 1423. We're going to discover America. No, I mean, I can't believe. Not only that, forget that he got the year wrong. It was just the whole vibe. Like, I, you know how he has slumber parties with the big fella? I thought that he was going to get down on one knee and offer up the ring for the ring of honor get down on one knee i wonder if he went to jara's or jimma's dad and asked permission can i induct your son into the ring of honor i promise to always take care of him but then again who knows man who knows who if he got down on one knee what if he couldn't get up what then no wonder micah parsons was reportedly puking on the sidelines Micah said it was some energy powder he had before the game. Yeah, that. Or maybe he took that whole display in and couldn't keep his breakfast down. I can't blame him. I haven't puked that much in my mouth since my Eagle River one run where I went out on a bender and then hit the DQ and went for the gigantic blizzard and woke up and nearly drowned in my own vomit in my mouth. Oh, and as far as my dude Micah puking it all up before the game, he said it was the energy powder. My dude, to quote you, this is the energy powder challenge, not the sissy challenge. This is the spicy challenge, not the sissy challenge. I, I need to see the Zero credit for finally putting Jimmy Johnson in your ring of honor, Jera. Zero credit for doing it way too late and only after basically everybody had to beg you to put him in. Zero credit for ruining that relationship in the first place. Had you made it about the team 
and winning instead of about yourself, you'd probably be sitting on a handful of rings right now. But I would imagine better not to have all those rings and try to get all the credit than to have all those rings while the shine goes to somebody else. A. Geriatric. On December the 30th of 1923. You want to talk about a senior moment. You know what's a great example of a senior moment? Forgetting what century you live in. 1923. Hey, uh, Jimma, put this on your calendar. December 1923. You're going in my ring of honor. 1923. Are the Wright brothers invited? Maybe he can fly in on one of their prototypes. Maybe Jimmy and Orville can get a running start with those giant wings in the field and then get up in the air in a gust of wind and fly and then drop through that glory hole in the roof. Glory hole days. Real soon. 1923. 1923. This one says, man, this dude is the gift that just does not stop giving. I love him. Geriatric, never change. I know it's way too late anyway, but don't. You're the best. This says, if you're going to work this morning, it's a miracle if your name is Brandon Staley. Tom in Colorado Springs. There's this whole thing going on right now. Who's going to get whacked first, Ron Rivera or Brandon Staley? Which, on the one hand, I see this two ways. On the one hand, I'm just going to say it. I hate that. They're both great dudes. They really are. They're both great dudes. Ron Rivera, great dude. Brandon Staley, great dude. They're great dudes. One problem. They're not doing great jobs. Third problem. Results-oriented business, and neither one of them are getting good results. So I hate to see it, but that's the big question. And then Frank Reich is getting thrown into this conversation because they've had such a horrific first year. He deserves more than one and done, but he's got a really, really impulsive owner. So he could get broken off. I hate to say this. I already won my prop bet on the first coach who was going to get fired. It's just business. Like I wasn't rooting for Josh. In fact, I hate to say it, but I was kind of rooting for Brandon because I had him at plus 1,100. It's just business. Like, I love those guys. And Brandon's probably going to be like, yep, Rome. Bro, I thought you and I were good. Business is business. I still think we are, Brandon. I just think you're not doing a good job, unfortunately. And then maybe like Josh, you know, you get back in line. You're okay. First of all, you're not fired yet. Yet. You're not fired yet. But if it happens, maybe you go to school on that. Dude, you got to admit, your meteoric rise might be an example of you were not quite ready for that amazing opportunity. Because remember, here's the bottom line. Two bottom lines. One, he's not fired. He still has a job. Maybe somehow, some way, he can work this thing out. Number two, there was a time that if Sean McVay even looked at you, you got a head coaching job. And... He was the D coordinator of the Rams that goes to the Super Bowl and they had the best defense in the NFL and he was young and he was fresh and he had a great ability to communicate and he had Sean McVay's endorsement. 
And like I said, back then, never mind coordinating a defense that was number one in the NFL. If McVay even looked at you or even knew your name, you got a job in the NFL. Hell, I have a feeling like if McVay ever ran into me and said, yo, Rome, what up? I think that I could be a coordinator somewhere at that time. So if this is not meant to be, what a stud. you know, maybe Brandon gets back in line and works his way back into the front of the line. Josh did. It took 10 years. But then it went terribly. You guys act like we've never played good defense. That's not the truth. It kind of is the truth, though, dude. That's the problem. It kind of is the truth. Statistically, since you got there over the last three years, it kind of is the truth. You haven't played good defense, and you're a defensive guru. Ken writes, hey, Rome, I hate to say it, or I hate it when the energy powder makes you puke. Signed, Chris Forster. All right, so will, will I allow that? Of course. Of course I will. What you call, I will break, Tom. When you call, what you call energy powder, I call Bolivian marching powder, which I stole from Jay McInerney in the book Bright Lights, Big City. I read that in college. I thought that was the funniest line. Tad Allagash and the... Bolivian marching powder. The only guy who liked that as much as me that I know of from this show was Trapper. Trapper used to read Jay McInerney back in the day. And Trapper and I always connected on literature. That was another connection we had. 30 pieces of silver. That's it. R.I.P., my bro. Let's break. I'm way over. It'll happen. Just like this will happen. Oh, I know. I know, it's, I know how it is. I know what time it is, Albert. So there's so much to be thankful for. Family, friends, food, and NFL football all week long. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on NFL action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. No matter your appetite, there is something for you. Money lines, parlays, props, Live bets and so much more. You name it, they've got it. I love it. Absolutely love it. So here's what you want to do download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use my code ROME, R O M E. New customers can bet five on the NFL Thanksgiving action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with the code ROME. The crown is yours. You must be present in state where it's lawful to wager. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. I've been killing it till then. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states. Age does vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions do apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show.
right, so I ran really heavy on that segment, so this is going to be a short segment. Some quick reaction, then I'll get back on the clock. Let's see what we got here. And I do want to talk college football. The clock. USC. I mean, are you kidding me about USC? Never mind Coach Prime and what's happened to Colorado since their fast start. I mean, that was understandable. I think that anybody paying attention was really captivated by Prime coming out as quickly as he did and winning early on. But pretty much anybody who follows the sport understood that once they got into conference, lacking the depth that they had, they were going to have problems. That's not really surprising to anybody who knows anything about college football. What is surprising, I mean, not surprising that they're not dominating given their defense, but shocking that Link is 7-7 seven and seven in his last 14 games at USC. Shocking that they start the season as well as they did, and Lincoln Riley is 1-5 in, in his last six. Shocking that he's got an excuse for it. Shocking that their arch rival, who really were not in a good way, punched them right in the face. UCLA did. Jack Savage is happy about that. I mean, I can't even believe the situation Lincoln Riley and USC find themselves in right now. And even more incredulous is the fact that there's some that think that, oh, he's going to bounce. He's going to bounce. Really? Where? Where? Who wants that? And what, USC is just going to let him go? I'm not sure how that contract's written, but I know that he's making more than 10 mil a year. So what, you're just going to pay him to go away? And by the way, Link, the optics on that would be terrible. That, that's not you going, climbing up or looking for a better opportunity. You got the job you wanted at the paycheck you wanted, the situation you wanted. Leaving now would be an absolute admission in failure, which is kind of what it is, right? You're one in five, and you wasted your Heisman Trophy winner from last year. Like, I, I cannot believe what has happened to USC. We'll get into all that as well, but I need this timeout. Give me the timeout so I can get caught up on my break. I've got the big head, James Kelly, at the top. I've got Barry Sanders at 1140. Call timeout, Mike. We already had Big Wit. Not done yet. Oh, Rogues made it home. Rogues and I had a weekend. Got stuck with his old man because he couldn't get his Uber app to work. Sorry about that. I don't know why that didn't work. DJ still making some noise about roll him in the studio. You and Rogue should sit down and do the show together. I'm like, producer Jano's home. I've not made up my mind on that yet. Let's get you a sports update in the meantime. Here it is. Here's Richard. <laughs> From Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Clones, listen up. Not all beef jerky is the same. Old Trappers, original old-fashioned teriyaki, hot and spicy, and peppered all come in France bags. So you can sample different flavors to find the best one for you. Ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what is your beef? All right, so let's talk some college ball. On the one hand, I I could pose the question, 
has anybody lost any more credibility this college football season than the Michigan man himself, Jim Harbaugh? Think about that for a second, because my answer might actually surprise you. The answer is, of course, yes, somebody has lost more credibility over the past three months than even Jim Harbaugh. And actually, it's not even close. I got into this last segment. Let me lay it out for you. The person who has lost even more cred is right here in SoCal. That person, obviously, is Lincoln Riley. When Link rolled into town, he was known as the single best offensive mind in college football. One of the best recruiters in college football. A dude who had produced back-to-back Heisman winners. And then he showed up here and produced another which is why things all look like they were more or less going right as planned heading into this season. I mean, sure, the defense came off the rails last season, but he knew that. He knew he had to fix that. So it looked like everything was setting up for a legit playoff run and maybe even a second Heisman and maybe, maybe even a natty. Of course, it sounds all totally absurd right now. It sounds insane right now, but you go back a few months, it wasn't that crazy. Vegas gave them the sixth best preseason odds to win it all. Again, the only question was the defense. Fast forward to right now, and that's not the only question. Fast forward to right now, the defense is still very much a question, but there are lots of other questions. Lots of other questions and lots of pissed off Trojan fans. Things have gone so far off the rails that people are calling this dude a straight up fraud. There are people calling this guy Cliff Kingsbury, which is actually pretty funny because Cliffy is actually on Link's staff right now. Cliff is actually a direct part of the disaster. But Cliff wasn't even a 500 head coach in college. Lincoln Riley, on the other, other hand, is 73-18 and 18 in college. And yet people are calling him Cliff 2.0. That's how far his stock has plummeted. You know, and frankly, that's how much of a knock his rep has deserved to take for this season. Because this season for USC has been a disgrace. This dude has lost five of his last six. He just got waxed by UCLA. Waxed. Just got worked by another head coach who's allegedly on the hot seat. And Link is 7-7 seven and seven over his past 14 games. How the hell is that even possible? You have a Heisman Trophy winning top-of-the-draft quarterback, and you're 7-7 seven and seven? with all the advantages of being out here. 7-7 seven and seven in your last 14. None of that is what Trojan fan was expecting. None of that is what any fan was expecting. Like, by comparison, you want a comp? Jimbo Fisher was 8-6 and six in his final 14 games at A&M. And that was so horrible and so unacceptable that they paid this guy 76 mil to go away. It's ridiculous. Which is funny. Because, I don't know, maybe it would take that much to get USC to get Link to go away. Maybe they'd have to pay him that much. And yet, and yet there were actually rumors linking Link to A&M. How rich would that be? But why would either side want that? Why would A&M want him? Why would he want A&M? Why would Link leave what was supposed to be the dream job, the one he wanted, the one he left Oklahoma for? Why would he leave that job 
for the deal that AM apparently is offering right now. You heard last week, AM all of a sudden now is like, we're not making that mistake again. We're looking at an incentive based contract. And then, by the way, why would AM want to throw whatever pile of money they have left? Why would they want to throw that money at a coach who couldn't win with Caleb Williams and has never been able to build a real defense anywhere he's been? Why would AM or anybody else for that matter want that? Maybe somebody beneath them, maybe somebody desperate, maybe somebody wanted to throw some money to buy some cred. But it would take a hell of a lot of money. Who's got $10 million a year to throw at that guy? And how are you going to get a return on your investment? $10 million for what? One in five? Seven and seven? A guy who can't fix defenses? And if that weren't bad enough, there's no ownership. He's not owning it. He's just spewing excuses. It's been a theme all season long for Link. You know, when it gets hot, ban the media. When it gets hot, just start spewing excuses. And of course it trickles down. Of course Caleb was nowhere to be found after that loss. Who do you think he's getting his his message from? The head coach. So, Lincoln actually shows up to, quote, answer questions. But listen to the answers that he was giving after getting rolled up again by his arch rival at home. We've played nine bar burners in a row. I mean, every... Every single one of the last nine have been close. Now, obviously, had we played better than some of them, they wouldn't have all been close. Um, but, yeah, I do I think we were a little bit worn down emotionally. Some of the close losses at nine straight, you know, heavy games, probably the toughest nine-game stretch that any college football play, team played anywhere. Yeah, I, I, I think I'd look back on it and say yes. Dude, did you tell us to get out? Well, what do you mean the heat of the Pac-12 schedule? I know the conference is stacked this year, but come on, man. That's what you're going to? Barn burners and how tough the conference is? And I'd put my schedule up against anybody's? Yeah, but what about your results? You're one in five in your last six. And how about this? Washington's in that same conference. They're handling it pretty well. They're still undefeated. Oregon's in that same conference. They're handling it pretty well. They've only lost to Washington. There are four better teams who handled the Pac-12 schedule than your Trojans. My man, they did not go out and poach you and commit $10 million a year for you to be looking up at four other Pac-12 teams. So miss me with that horrible excuse. They brought you here for results. And I'm talking big-time results, big-time bowl games, CFP types of stuff, natties. That's what they're dropping $10 million per. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. It's their money. They can spend it any way they want. But I'll tell you what they didn't spend it for. A bunch of bullcrap excuses and a 7-7 seven and seven record. But hey, at least he did show up for the postgame. Unlike Caleb Williams, who ducked out on the media. And probably just played his last game in college. Another reason why you should probably not duck out on the media. I always say it. There's Over the years when I've done this, no college players or no programs have been better about giving up players to come on this show than USC and Notre Dame. For whatever reason, those two programs always have guys interview extremely well. This dude just ducked out the back door. Just know this. Young guy, made a mistake. Hopefully he learns from that mistake, but that ain't going to play in the NFL. Not in New York, 
not in Chicago, or not on any other garbage franchise you're sure to end up on. They will have questions. The Heat will only get hotter. Man, just a horrendous year all the way around for Lincoln Riley and USC. If you had said to me before the year started, you know, there's going to be a time where he loses five of six games to drop to 7-7 seven and seven overall, I'd be like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm not going to say that he's going to get into the college football playoff or he's going to win a natty. Not with that defense. We've seen his track record. But no way USC ever loses five of six. Which brings me back to the Michigan man and Ann Arbor. And why has Lincoln Riley taken a bigger hit in my mind than Jim Harbaugh? Well, I mean, Harbaugh's program is a total bleep show. Total circus. But the dubs... Keep rolling in. Harbaugh's reputation might have taken a major hit. And he may not be on the sideline against Ohio State. But at least his team made it to the game undefeated. Right, Rome, they cheat. Okay. okay. All right, I'll give you that. But they roll into the game 11-0 and for the second straight year. It's the first time the Wolverines have done that since 01-02. Right, Rome, because they cheat. Right, I'll give you that too. But they did win their 1,000th game in program history on Saturday. So I want to go back to that when I can. So say what you want about Harbaugh, the Michigan man, and how big of a hit his rep has taken. Agreed. Agreed. But they are undefeated still. And they've got a chance to hit all of their targets, all of their goals. USC isn't hitting jack. USC is an embarrassment. I never thought that I would see that program drop that far that fast. Under a $10 million coach and a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. I mean, that is shocking. When we come back, the big head, James Kelly. We'll talk about tonight's game. Check the latest line, see if there's a good prop bet or two. Try to make some money. That's coming up next. Barry Sanders next hour. Don't go anywhere.